Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Diana Iracheta is an active advocate for Latinas in engineering. She holds a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from Northern Illinois University and works as a manufacturing engineer focused on automation design at Amstead Automotive. Diana founded Latina Engineer in 2019, now with a network of over 12,000. She shares her journey and creates resources for students and young professionals in the hopes of increasing the representation of, of Latinas in engineering. In 2020, she launched the first International Latina Engineer Week conference. In 2021, she started the Diana Iracheta Foundation, NFP, nonprofit, to create scholarships for minorities in STEM. Diana has shared her expertise to large audiences at various international events, such as CIIMM, Congreso by Instituto Tecnológico de Hermosillo. Diana was keynote speaker for SHIPTINA's Region 5 Conference 2021. She received the ICCTA Paysetter Award in 2020 and is a contributing author in Hispanic Stars Rising, A New Face of Power. And Diana comes to us today as one of the featured princesses in the Reinvented Magazine, Princesses with Power Tools calendar. Reinvented Magazine is a magazine all about women in STEM fields and the Princesses with Power Tools calendar features a real woman in STEM each month to inspire and show that you don't have to choose between, between being one thing or another. If you wanna be a princess, you can do that and be a scientist or an engineer at the same time, you can be both. So welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Diana. Hi, thank you. Really excited to be here. I am out of breath after, <laughs> after <laughs> introduction. I was like, maybe I'll take five to get, get my breath. You've got a lot of awards. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a lot. You've done a lot in your in your young career so far. So and we I I can't wait to hear all about what you're working on. All right. Well, so we brought you here as part of the calendar. But I've actually secretly wanted to get you on the podcast for a very long time because I've known all about your organization. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your own background and how you first got interested in engineering. Was it in high school? It was kind of high school, but also slash college. And so I started thinking I was a physics major, but that's the only class where I was able to connect like math with the real world. And I was never able to. And so I was like, let's go for that. Uh, both my parents were in STEM careers and okay. I had already gone through the entire like different careers that I could do. And I ended up in STEM anyways, uh, which was great because they understood some of the challenges, right? Yeah. Um, but then once I entered college, I was able to be in a kind of like a mentoring uh, scholarship program for students in STEM. And so they helped me guide me through the options that I could do. And I had a female uh, STEM mentor as well. And so that was really was helpful. She, was she a college student or was she? A, she was a professor. Okay. Yeah. So I was partnered with her right away. And so that made a big 
difference into feeling like I belong, like I could be successful, a minority that had space in STEM, and that kind of helped me navigate into mechanical engineering, where I was able to combine a little bit of creativity uh, and imagination with like the hard science, like physics and math. And so other than that, I, I really like it so far, and I'm really excited. And I think I did a good choice, even though I was already in college, like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. <laughs> So you said that mechanical engineering has a creative side? Yeah, so I have, even though my title is manufacturing engineer, I do a lot of design. And so I'm able to come up with solutions where it's like, this doesn't work. And it's like, okay, why can I design that's going to help the problem? And so it takes an idea, you put it into a model and 3D model in the computer, and then you send it to be made and then you see it in person. And so it takes that like something that doesn't exist and then make it into something that's in front of you that's working, something that you can touch. And I think that's very creative. I know sometimes like people think like, oh, engineering, like there's no creativity in there. But I think there is a big combination uh, and I truly enjoy being able to explore both. Okay, so that's great. So you were in college and you had a professor who was mentoring you and that's how you sort of found your path. But what was that like uh, as, because I assume at the time there was no organization like Latina Engineers, right? So how did you find community and what was that like for you? Uh, there was definitely a lack of community and I think I felt it throughout the entire I took five years in college and it was always like I'm not a non-traditional student I like I like this and that is why I stuck with it I had a goal you know I wanted to become a professional and uh, and I wanted to get there and I think that was the main thing that pushed me through so far as community was my family my parents my boyfriend who's my husband now uh, we kind of just guided together through their careers and that was kind of like where I felt like I had the support system and I think that's what led a lot to look for it after I was done where I felt like I fit in I had a job that I liked and it's like how do can I create something that wasn't there when I when I was in school so you you were actually already working at your job when you decided to start Latina Engineers yeah, um, so there were, you know, ships, SUI and everything while I was in college, but I was always commuting, so I was never able to attend meetings or be involved, and so I was like, how can I do something where I don't need to be physically there, right? Um, I had been at work for about, it was almost a year, and I felt like I was welcome, and I felt like my colleagues and my manager were really encouraging, so I'm like, it is a good environment. I'm doing great. I'm growing and I want to share it and I want to find others like me. And that's why I was like, one day I grabbed my computer and I started typing a blog and I just made a free website and I started sharing it. And I was like, maybe I, I find someone, right? And then I took it to Instagram and within one post, uh, I was able to find other Latinas in engineering. And that was amazing because I didn't think it was going to be that quickly and yeah. it definitely changed the way that I felt in the field I felt like now I had a community we had a little group chat and yeah. we were able to talk about different problems and ask questions do you think it was the timing of it being 2019 um you know I don't want to say COVID yet because obviously that hadn't happened yet but do you think there was something about the time frame that made it really start to blow up because there just wasn't anything out there, but it was starting to become, there was starting to become an awareness around the need. Definitely, you know, uh, there were other groups that were for engineering and they were barely also starting. So I think there was that room to grow. There, there wasn't really anything yet. And then mm -hmm. as it continued, then 
we all were in a lockdown, right? And so it gave you more time to create stuff, but also people were online looking for that because we weren't able to see each other in person. And so that mm-hmm. definitely helped a lot. I know it helped me to kind of focus and that's when we launched the conference as well. Um, but definitely I've, I've talked with people that had been on Instagram for, you know, three, four years more than I had. And they would say like, you know, there wasn't that community before then. Like we just hadn't created it yet. Yeah, it's, it's great that you were right on the cusp. You know, you were really the pioneer in this area in that for, for Latina engineers. And so it's amazing that you were able to step up and take charge and take leadership of this. Um, what has that been like for you? Have you Were you always in leadership positions or has this been your first time in your foray into leadership? I have. I've always been like the natural, like I'll take over. I was a leading machinery <laughs> design role uh, project. I was like, I've always kind of been wanted to like have control or like oversee or take like that leadership uh, mm-hmm. role. And so it was very natural for me. Uh, even now I work now within a couple of years, I already have direct reports uh, under me. And so that was something that I was always looking for. And so that kind of just came naturally, but also you not know, realizing that there wasn't anything for it. Like you would Google Latina engineer and you couldn't really find a lot or you couldn't find role models that you could actually reach out to or learn a lot more. Uh, I, I always got inspired by Hidden Figures, uh, the movie, and I would play it. And even though it wasn't like a Latina, I would still get the motivation and so yeah creating that access to real role models that you can connect even more and like the fact that latinaengineer.com wasn't taken yet and it was just like impacting that there was a gap and and so I kind of saw it and I was like let's go for it latina engineers wasn't wasn't taken and you got it yeah (laughs) nice (laughs) that's great all right. So, okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the job? Cause you were also working at your job when you started this. What was that? I mean, what is your job? Like, tell us exactly what you do and, and what is the support system like there? Yeah. Um, I have had two roles already throughout this three, four years that I've been with Latina engineer. Um, but I was been manufacturing with a combination of mechanical. And so I've been able to explore, I've been able to find roles that are very flexible where, you know, I can do manufacturing, but I'm also interested in design and both roles that I've had have been pretty open to that, where it's not like, no, you're just going to do this. And so I find that very interesting. And it really tells you that just because you study something, you don't have to be stuck to something like you'll find those roles that align to what you like. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I truly enjoy it. I like, you know, I sometimes I think it's really easy to make the science on the computer in three in 3d and then there's others that tell me like you're so good or you're so quick and it's just like I just I really enjoy it I'm really visual um and so right now I get to work also with automation which involves a lot of learning but it's also something that is growing a lot and so I you know within the last two years it was something that was new I started learning how to program robots I designed uh, components that we can attach to these robots and so it has really changed um, it makes you feel like you're also in something that's up and coming yeah. um, and I've also been able to transition into roles where there's more diversity and there's more women in the office and launching mm-hmm. uh, different programs like a woman affinity group and so it's been great to be able to do that at work but also outside of my work what kind of robots uh, they're uh, like um Ah, I forgot the word. They're like arms, like um. Uh huh. I, I can't remember. Mechanical, the word. Ar- mechanical, yes, mechanical, mechanical arms. arms. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. whoa! So, what do they do? 
with us, uh, my company does uh, powder metal products. So we take metal that's in powder and we compress it. And then we, uh, I say cook it, but we pretty much put it in an oven, right? We center <laughs> it. And so our job with the robots is handling all those parts. And so it's, they're very sensitive at the beginning because they're still just, their powder that's just being compressed to a high pressure. And so mm -hmm. if you hit them too hard, if you move them too quick, they're gonna crack, they're gonna fall apart. And so always considering what materials can you use, what movements can you do, and then also handling after so that people don't have to be in really hot environments or repetitive tasks that can lead to injuries. And so you start learning more than just robots, but you also start learning how that can help for different roles. Mm -hmm. And so you said both of your parents were, have a STEM background, right? Yes, my dad studied, um, I think it's communications and electrical engineering. Uh, both their degrees were in Mexico. And my dad, my mom did industrial design. So they must, are they very excited that you're in a STEM field? Yes, and I actually have videos that I made with them uh, about what they thought about it. And oh. honestly, they were like, we didn't know where you're going to end up at, but it's also very excited that you did end up in STEM fields. Yeah, so they like it. Okay, and I, I a little bit later when we talk about the calendar, I would like to hear about their reactions to that as well. <laughs> um, okay, so now you've so you you've been working. You you launched Latina Engineers, and well, part of the reason that you launched it is because you noticed a big lack of community. What other obstacles have been faced by Latinas in engineering? Uh, definitely financial um, and being a first generation uh, immigrant or first generation in college. Um, so financial, I was able to almost cover about 80 to 90 percent of my school with scholarships, because when we moved to the U.S., we did not have funds to go to college. And we see it right now with my sister as well. If we're not able to find a way to fund it, we really were barely limited of the funds that we can put towards education. And so I wanted to give back since before I was done because I knew I was benefited from that. So I wanted to create that eventually uh, with a couple of my classmates. Uh, and the other thing is just being a first generation and not you're not only learning the hard stuff, you're also learning how to go to college. And sometimes you're also learning yeah. the language. And so it's it creates those multiple things that you are you have more than your typical questions. Um, mm -hmm. And then you feel maybe left out or like you don't fit in, especially when you're a woman as well. And there's only two in a classroom of 80 students. And so... Yeah. Usually I refer to myself as a triple uh, minority. I'm a, I'm a female, I'm an immigrant, uh, and I'm a Latina. And so all of that just kind of pulled us up and you have way more questions than your typical student. Um, yeah. And, and so trying to cover a variety of those things. So we have scholarships to kind of take over the financial struggle and then just kind of connecting you with like mentors or like asking questions or like just giving... I know I don't have all the answers yet, but whatever I've learned in the couple of years I have, I want to give it back and share it. Yeah. And I noticed on your website, you said for people to connect with you and you're there to help. But if, and if you don't know, or if, if the group doesn't know, you'll find out, you'll find someone who does know, right? Yes. So, so we launched um, this uh, feature recently, and this was like last month, um, and it's just questions from the community. And so we mm -hmm. have a form where anyone can just submit their question, and we don't like we do it anonymously, and then we share it to our Instagram, and everybody can answer those questions. And then when we share the answers, we also share just like without names, and so that those people can get those answers because myself don't know them maybe some people in my team as, as well uh, and so that we're able to gather information one way or another 
Yeah, that's great. Okay, so so Latinas in engineering is uh, Latina engineer is taking care of so many different aspects of this, so the community and answering questions and mentorship. Um, and you just mentioned scholar a scholarship or a scholarship program. So can you talk a little bit about the scholarship program that you've got going? Yeah, um, we've been able to award ten thousand dollars so far in scholarships uh, in the last three years. Um, and so that that's just great. Uh, it was part of the very first iteration of International Latina Engineering of our conference. Uh, and mm -hmm. the first time we launched, it was just a GoFundMe account. And let's mm -hmm. see how much we can raise. And we were able to come up with two scholarships from there. And so now we try to focus on connecting with companies um, and trying to fund those scholarships through there. Through our sponsors, we're able to create scholarships during the Every fall when we have our conference, it comes with a set of couple scholarships and we try to expand every year. Um, so last year we had three scholarships with, I think it was four recipients. And so we had two scholarships that were connected with the company and they came with the potential of an internship. We had one that's Latin engineer original scholarship. And when we were able to open a grad student scholarship. Um, this year will be the first time that we have scholarships in the spring. And then in oh. the fall. And so each year seems to continue growing and we try to cater a little bit more opportunities every time. So how many times have you done this? You started in what year? 2019 or 20. This will be the fourth year in 2023. Fourth. Wow, it's a fourth year. Okay. And this is all part of the ILEW, the International Latina Engineer Week Conference, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the conference. Is that is that once a year now? Yes, so it's once a year. We usually host the second week of October uh, and we take almost the entire year to plan it. Um, it is, our mission is to keep it like as affordable, not as affordable, as accessible as we can to the community. Um, and so it's always trying to get it. How can we connect? Because we're in different parts of the country. And so it's mostly virtual. We have different sessions with Latina engineering speakers, different workshops. Uh, we have had a career fair virtually for students and professionals to be able to attend uh, and connect. And then we have networking sessions and then we have added also an in-person session at the end of the week. So this is a whole week from Monday to Saturday. And then the last week we host in person um, and every year keeps growing. And so we that's more of like our inspirational networking kind of close out event. And we've been able to do really good. We've been able to start growing like attendance at travels just to connect. Um, and so that's great. Um, and then just in general, trying to bring those role models and trying to offer different things, like not just uh, for like students or for like professionals, but also like just cover life in general. And so it's always a combination of that. Um, and that's when we do most of the scholarships, we do giveaways. Um, I think that's it. I, I'm probably forgetting stuff. <laughs> Where do you hold the conference? The, the in-person part? Uh, we have hosted in Chicago. Um, this will be the third year that we host in person. And then in future years, we're hoping to start bringing it to different states. Okay, so I'm usually in Chicago. What, you said the 14th? Yes. Yeah, so I'm usually there around that time every other year because it's the Empowering Women in Industry Conference. They do it every year. They they back, they back piggyback onto another conference, um, which is, I think, WEF Tech. And so there's a ton of women in STEM in the area in Chicago, I know, like every other year. So I'll definitely have to spread the word. Through this podcast, we will definitely have to spread the words to all those groups and keep helping you grow this because it's such a wonderful 
uh, a wonderful idea and initiative. Um, all right, so tell us about the Diana Iracheta Foundation. It's a nonprofit that you started. What is that all about? That is our um, nonprofit that helps us fund the scholarships. It helps us uh, fundraise and then award those scholarships every year. And that's its main goal. It's what helps us um, fund uh, the conference so that our tickets are minimal, if not free for everyone. We have had an attendance from 300 to like almost 700 um, virtually and then in person from like, we went from like 50 to now we're looking for 150, 150 attendees this year. And so we always want to keep those expenses to the minimum so that we can offer something, if not minimal, but like free so that people can just register and attend as they need or like the sessions that they're interested in. So that's because a lot of the, the women are students still, right? And they're not working yet? We have about 50% students, 50% professionals. Um, but I also, you know, with the different things, uh, we want to be able to say, hey, this is not a conference where, you know, maybe the funds are going to be an issue uh, because yeah. you come with like some of the obstacles with Taco Latinas. Uh, and so addressing that need again um, and not putting that roadblock of like, I can't get these resources because of money. Yeah, that's that's great. So do you want to tell us a little bit about any of the women who have received the scholarship so far? Yeah, uh, we had, or I think she's the first one, um, Maria Peña, she got one of the first scholarships the very first year, and she graduated this past December, uh, and I think it, it, is, it is the first one that we have that award a scholarship and finish her degree, and so I connect, I, I, I connected with her since then, and that's why I found out that she was graduating, and she sent us some pictures, and we were actually going to add it to the website, um, and then we have Yesenia Gomez. She got one of the first um, GEA scholarships with her partnership with GEA Appliances. And she was able to receive that. And then she did an internship with GEA. Um, and so we also want to connect them with the companies that will help them continue growing mm -hmm. and eventually like land a bigger opportunity. Oh, I love that. Okay. So now all of these women, they're, re they're receiving scholarships through you, and then they're also able to connect with the companies that are helping to provide the scholarship, and then they, they have internship opportunities, so it helps to continue um, helping their career. What would you say is the most rewarding thing about everything you've done so far with Latina Engineer? Um, being able to meet a lot of Latinas that are going through a similar journey, and knowing that there is that, like, need to connect with each other. I know it made a big difference with me, uh, but my favorite part of the conference and the scholarship is that call that we give them to tell them <laughs> that they got the scholarship. Yeah. Uh, the very first time, it was really impactful for me. I, like you get to see the impact that you make um, and then you follow them through their journey. And so I always kind of, I did it the first year and then I, I give it to one of my team members to like, you need to experience this because you helped me plan it through the whole year. Um, and we always make it a phone call so that we can chat with them for a little bit. And then we have like meetings with them and we try to follow up or do like some sort of mentorship. Oh, that's great. They pro there's probably like a small bit of screaming involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so tell us about the Princesses of the Power Tools calendar experience. Now you were chosen for the reinvented magazine Princesses with Power Tools calendar 2023. And each, each month is a different woman in STEM dressed up as her favorite princess or warrior of that, something of that sort. So what did you, who did you choose to represent? I chose Megara from Hercules. Uh, oh. 
my favorite movie. <laughs> I can always laugh with it. Uh, and I wanted a strong female character. Um, and Brain Banteru, we've been working together also for Ilio for a couple of years now. So it was really special. I was just waiting for an opportunity to hop on. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was like, I think this will be perfect. And it will be a way to show both sides, you know, the like being feminine and like being a princess, but also doing like STEM, something that's usually seen as like male dominated fields. Yeah. Okay. And what was the reaction of your, I guess I want to know the reaction of your coworkers to the calendar and also of your family. Yeah. Um, I haven't been super loud with my coworkers except for a couple. Uh, and I actually gave one to my coworker, uh, McKenna. Uh, she was involved from the beginning. Like she, like she just kind of knew it from the beginning that I got chosen even before I was able to tell her, like she just made it out <laughs> on her own. Uh, and so then she followed through. She also went to the um, space gala with me when we got like the printed copies of the of the calendars and so once we were back it was like here's one of them uh and she, she's been really supportive with that um and then with my parents you know they sometimes I forget to tell them things <laughs> and so eventually like until I had them I was like oh yeah by the way I did this uh and uh -huh. so I gave one to my mom and then one to my dad um they've always been super supportive like I was in a in an interview earlier this month and my dad was sharing it on Facebook my mom does the same <laughs> thing or they're always like let me know when they go up and where are the links and so they they were really excited oh that's great um okay now You've been doing this for 19, since 2019, it's 2023. What's your plan? Where do you hope to take this organization, Latina Engineer? Yeah, continue growing the conference, definitely. Being able to take it to different states where we have a little bit more representation, more of the community, um, mm -hmm. and being able to continue offering the scholarships. We just added career for last year, so definitely grow that. We just added the mentoring program last year. So again, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, mm -hmm. I want it to be something where it's just, you know, we can we can connect and we can learn from each other. Um, the Latin engineer community is slowly growing, but I think it is definitely growing. And so being able to connect with them and being able to offer those resources. Um, so I, if there's something that I want to stick with is more the conference rather than the content creator on Instagram. I think that's more of like myself trying to give back, but making it so that it's a conference that can continue throughout the years and we can see more uh, Latinas graduate and continue with their with their um, with their career because sometimes the questions on don't end when you you finish school and I notice a lot of resources just kind of drop when you're done with school and you know people think like okay now you made it you're good be a professional but there's yeah. still a lot of questions that we have and it comes from dressing to like how to like negotiate and things like that and so addressing both not just focusing on one but equally and I found that we've been able to do that because I've seen other organizations that focus a lot on undergrad students and with those we've been able to keep it pretty even and so not forget about that and continue to keep it that way yeah because when you start working that's only the beginning right there's so much still to learn yeah what would be your message then to women who are either thinking about entering STEM field, but they're just, they're, maybe they're intimidated or they're just not sure, um, or women who are, you know, starting out in STEM, but uh, they are feeling that, that self-doubt or that imposter syndrome, what would be your message to them? Yeah, um, there's definitely uh, 
a lot of improvement for us to be made, but there's also a lot of opportunities for us. And if there's something that you're truly passionate about, it is worth pursuing. Um, and that's literally what got me through my career. It was like, well, I feel like I don't belong, but I really like learning about these topics. And so therefore it led me to a career that I really like. Um, some advice will be to connect with others uh, like you, either women in STEM, Latinas in engineering, because they're going to give you a different outlook of how you feel in this in this uh, fields. Um, it made it for me when I was able to connect and look for those resources, connect with others. If there's another woman in your classroom, go sit next to her and talk to her. Develop those friendships and those relationships because they're going to help you out. Yeah, community is everything. And you know that because you started Latina Engineer. And where can everyone find you? Where's Latina Engineer online? And, and what's the Instagram? And where else can we find you? Yeah, our website is uh, latinaengineer.com. And then our Instagram, which is one of the main ones that we are at, is uh, Latina underscore engineer. And then YouTube, LinkedIn, and anything else, you can probably put Latina Engineer and we might pop that. <laughs> okay. Diana Iracheta, founder of Latina Engineer, activist, advocate, manufacturing engineer, and princess in the reinvented magazine, Princesses with Power Tools Calendar. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hazard Girls podcast. And thank you so much for all of the work you're doing to help women in STEM. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed it. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.